Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome, great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's War. Fun show coming up for you today. First of all, we'll have Patrick Chambers, the head basketball coach of the Nittany Lions. Actually, the coaches versus cancer drawing is coming up tonight. The reverse drawing at Medler Field, Lebrano Park. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. It's a major fundraiser for Coaches versus Cancer. But we're also going to talk to him about the Nittany Lion basketball team. They're getting ready to go to training camp the end of next week. And uh, he's got a pretty good basketball team coming back. We'll talk with Patrick Chambers in just a few minutes. Then uh, Tim Brando, our interview from uh, the other day, very popular. A lot of people say they'd like to hear it again. We're going to hear Tim Brando coming up in the uh, 3.35 half hour. Then Brian Barnhart, the uh, play-by-play voice of Illinois football, is going to join us at 4.06 today to preview tomorrow night's game with the Illini. And then Neil Kulong. We heard from Ron Cook yesterday. We're going to hear from Neil Kulong today about his perspective as to why the Steelers have struggled out of the gate. And they have struggled out of the gate, without a doubt. They have struggled out of the gate. We'll get Neil Kulong's perspective, Neil, of course, with USA Today. So that's the show we have going on for you today. It is interesting, and I've related the story before, but I'll do it again. Uh, Friday night, I don't think Penn State's played a Friday game since 1991 at Pitt. Probably sounds right. They played on a Friday. Maybe even longer than that. But that's the last time they played on a Friday. Yet one of the more significant games in the history of Penn State football was played on a Friday. Joe Paterno was a young coach in 1967. In 1966, his initial season as the head coach, Penn State, like Rip Engel's last season, had gone 5-5. Five and five. So they opened the season, I believe, with Navy, and Navy beat them. And so here's Joe Paterno, 11 games into his career with a 5-6 and six record. They went to Miami to play in the Orange Bowl on a muggy, humid Friday night. And so he made the decision, look, I'm going to start playing the guys I recruited, the guys I had to, that couldn't play as true freshmen the year before because freshmen weren't eligible. So one by one, he started putting the sophomores that he had recruited into the game, the guys he recruited as freshmen the year before. And Penn State won the game. Now the 67, 68, and 69 teams are going to be saluted at the Iowa game coming up next month because that win over Miami was incredibly significant, and it opened the door eventually to a 31-game unbeaten streak, and it opened the door to a dynasty. A Friday night game at Miami in September of 1967. Just a little slice of history to add into what we're going to see tomorrow night. All right, coming up, Patrick Chambers will talk to the head basketball coach of the Nittany Lions as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors. (laughs) 
Welcome back. The Coaches versus Cancer reverse drawing coming up tonight at Medler Field Lebron Park. Training camp opens for the Nittany Line basketball team in earnest next week. And earlier I had a chance to sit down and chat with Penn State basketball coach Patrick Chambers. I'm here, buddy. You can hear me now. We're back together. The band is back, back together. together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with this. I want to uh, – Thursday night is going to be the reverse drawing for coaches versus cancer. Uh, a car is going to be given away, and it's a limited number of tickets. It's only four hundred. Only four hundred. Right. And with that, with that in mind, it's been highly successful. But this is part of the year-round coaches versus cancer effort that we have here. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, there's just more than the reverse car drawing, which is the right. the premier event, right. along with the CVC golf outing. Right. I mean, those two events are fantastic, but there's other things that these guys are doing. There's spikes. There's there's the expo. There's the 5K. I mean, it's an all year around thing, and we're we're partner with Beswick Foundation, yeah. and they do a ton of things throughout the year with Jamie and Carrie and and Steve Greer. So, it's a great partnership. Mm-hmm. It's something that means uh, more to us. Obviously, I lost a brother, but uh, you can't throw uh, a rock without hitting somebody who's been affected by this disease, right. and our basketball family's been affected we knew jerry dunn's daughter um but now it's (laughs) it's titus ivory's daughter who's also connected to jerry which is kind of interesting here i believe she's 12 years old she's 12 yeah yeah and she's battling so there's always a cause to fight there's always a reason and when you think it's groundhog's day it's not there's still people out there that really need us they need our support uh, mentally, uh, financially, yeah. and they need uh, physically hugs. We need to yeah. give some hugs every now yeah. and then. So this reverse card drawing, September 20 to 6 o'clock, Medler Field, um, you know, the goal is to, to laugh a little bit, to remember a little bit, to smile a little bit, and to cherish those times with survivors, with caregivers, but also the ones that we've lost. Yeah, we get to hug Kathy Drysdale anytime we want. Anytime we, get, we, we want. We get to hug Mitch Stover Mitchie anytime Stover, we want. Anytime we want. Go, those are the success stories. Steve, but the, but Steve also Greer. the money, but Steve Greer, obviously, but the money that's been yeah. raised oh, to help people fight this and huge. to continue to live a normal life, is you're looking at Mitch, yeah. this guy's out fishing and hunting yeah. and because of the strides that they've made in, in cancer research, yeah. it, it's huge. So we, we got to keep funding it. Yeah. And Bestwick Foundation, by the way, keep it, now, all, it all goes out. There's no overhead. It all goes there's out. There's nothing. And, and, you know, Steve and I talked about this the other day. All that money is staying locally yeah. to help your neighbor, yeah. to help a friend, to help a family member, to keep this community thriving. That's what makes this place really special. And I've been a few different places. But the way the community rallies around a cause, it's just fabulous. Obviously, we saw that with 2011. I don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to. That's why it it continues to thrive today in the face of adversity. Right. Well, exactly. Uh, Now, uh, let's go to a little basketball talk here right now. Addicts, obviously, in July, I think I saw, what, four or five practices. I mean, you threw, yeah. you threw me out of eight others. Um, no. <laughs> I would never do that to Steve. No, you would not. He's part of the family. Whether he likes it or not, he's part of the family. I love it. Uh, but I saw him four or five times. And, of course, the first thing I'm looking for are your kids, all right, because those are the guys I haven't seen before. What kind of impression have those four made, at least initially, on you as the kind of fit they are for your program and your style? I just, I truly believe this could be the winningest freshman class we've ever brought in here. Um, just the way Rosier Bolton carries himself and how folk, laser-like focused he is. He was here in May. Yep. 
he got to the first summer session. That's what Josh Reeves did. Yes, he did, and it paid dividends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rossier can shoot it. He can play the point. He can play off the ball. Uh, he's doing a better job defending because that's all. He's an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he, people talk about enough how he can go down the lane and dunk on somebody, no, which I've, is kind of like, why are you it. saying that? Well, no, I'm telling it. you because he's a freak athlete. Yeah. And be on the lookout for some lobs for him. Uh, tremendous player, and he's a jet too. He's not as fast as Jamari, say, but he's not. He's maybe a half a step behind. Yeah. Miles Dread absolutely shoots it like yeah. you think he shoots it, yeah. and he's got a Big Ten ready body. Uh, both Russier and Miles, I think, are Big Ten ready bodies. And I'll say this about Miles: he committed a long time ago. Long time ago, and people came at him in droves to make him change, and he never wavered. Don't don't take any stock in the ESPN Top 100 anymore, because it's very political driven. Sure. Which is sad to say. Right. You know, you add a star because somebody says I need a favor. Yeah. Um, this kid should have been a Top 100 player. Yeah. He was the All Met player in D.C. Yeah, at Gonzaga. Yep. Big time. He was the MVP of the D.C. area. Yeah. Come on, what are we talking about here? It's a small population. Do you know how many, pl- how many great population. players are in D.C.? It's a small population. It, it's ridiculous. So, I don't, you know what, I used to hold a lot, it used to carry a lot of weight with me. It doesn't anymore. And Miles Dredd has proven that. Rasir Bolton has, tr- uh, has proven that. And, and to, to, to talk about our freshman, M.J. Myrian Jones. Yeah. He's the highest ranked out of all of them. Of all of them. He was a top 100 player. He was, suppo- he was in the 80s, I believe. And he was supposed to go to Tubby Smith in Memphis. Tubby gets let go. It kind of falls in our lap. It was another John Hera. Yeah. Right? And we got a little bit lucky, but our hard work pays off because of relationships. Yeah. I thought up there. Yeah. And we got a kid who can flat out get, if I may say, buckets. Yeah. He, he knows how to score the ball. Yeah. He's an elite finisher. He, he's one of the few... That can come in and, and, and get a three as well, get a three off. End of a clock, he's tremendous in the ball screen. Really excited about him. And he MJ. gets his own shot. I mean, he and gets, you need that at he, the end of a yeah, clock. He gets his own shot. That's what Tony Carr did a great job of, yeah. and that was going into the season. Who's going to be able to get me a shot? Yeah. Who's going to be able to get make up? chances in the Big Ten are ridiculous. They're yeah. tremendous. Yeah. But who's going to be able to make a player make a shot? And this kid can do it. He can really do it. And then DK, you're just going to love his intelligence. He's got a high IQ. Yeah. He shoots the heck out of the basketball. He's every bit of 6'7", and he's really a point forward. Well, you can see the entire floor because he's 6'7". Absolutely. And he has great instincts yeah. on the defensive end. What he lacks in maybe lateral quickness, he has an intelligence. He makes yeah. up in his instincts. So these four kids that we brought in can all shoot the basketball. You're at a, at a point now where you know what your culture is and you've established it. You also know the kind of player that you want. So how important is a coach's instinct and eye versus what what stars and numbers tell you? Yeah, that, you know, it goes back to everybody get, gets caught up in the stars and top 100, and I think I fell prey to that a few years back. But now I've been doing it long enough where I can see this is what we need. Yeah. We absolutely had a plan for Tony to leave. We were prepared for it. Now we prepared with Isaiah Brockington sitting out. Yeah. We're ready for Josh Reeves' yeah. departure because this is the he's the next guy in that spot. There, there's and no, you can see when he plays, he is. Th- there's no doubt. He's really similar yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not just because he's a lefty. Right. He he has a higher vertical than Josh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's what ridiculous. is that? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And his speed and his toughness and his mental conditioning is outstanding. So he's going to make Josh better by playing against 100%. him. Hundred percent, 
100%. They go at it every day in practice. It's only going to make Josh better. And then, you know, we got a plan, right? Let's just call it what it is. We got a plan for Mike to leave. We got a plan for Lamar to leave. He just helped himself in the Nike Basketball Academy. So we're out there looking for guys that can do exactly what we want to do and fit this culture and fit the style that we're playing in. Because I think over the last couple of years, we've really found our niche. We found our yeah. way. But what should it tell everybody that you had to have a plan for Tony to leave, that you have a plan with the idea that Mike might leave, with the idea that Lamar What does that tell everybody about the talent base you're recruiting yeah. that you're planning on guys who might leave? Yeah, just trust me on who we're recruiting. Okay? <laughs> well, I'm just trust saying, Trust the though. process. Right, but yeah. I'm saying, though, but what does it tell everybody about the talent yeah, you're that we have, in? we have talent. We got guys that are... Look, we just had a guy drafted. hasn't been done since 99. And the Pelicans and Tony's family, they made that decision together to go over to Italy, where he could have stayed here and been a two-way player to really get used to. So he's going to play for Larry Brown in Italy. He could have been been G League NBA, G League NBA, two-way contract. That's not fun. Instead, he can learn a lot from Larry Brown. Instead, he can go, guess what, make six figures and and play for Larry Brown. He's getting... Paid more money and playing for a guy who's gonna who is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So you know, I think he made the right decision. So now you're getting guys that like Lamar gets invited to the Nike Basketball Academy. One out of twenty five players right. in the entire country. Come on, yeah. that's huge. Thirty NBA organizations there watching him. I mean, it's big time. And Mike is on everybody's. He's on everybody's <laughs> he's board. A freak. Yeah, and Josh is on a lot of boards too. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're really excited about the development here, but also the players that we're recruiting. The talent level has definitely taken a step up. What has it done to make you better that you're able to now reload in certain areas instead of trying to rebuild it? So that's what my, my goal was. I knew that class a few years back was going to really propel us. Yeah. And now we got to remain consistent. Now it's going to be sustainable. So I don't want to take any steps back. I want to stay exactly where we are or take steps forward. Right. I'm looking. When have we had three veteran players? When we had, seriously, think about this. Three high-level, all Big Ten caliber right. veteran players coming back, coupled with yeah. Jamari Wheeler, yeah. who, who's just so fun to watch. <laughs> Right? He, I've always he said, shot out of a cannon. I've always said to everybody that he's the guy you want on your team, and you really hate it when he's on the, the other There's game. no, he's that guy. Yeah. He's the Danny Ainge, right? Oh, he's that guy. Nuts. He's that gnat. You're like, come on yeah, now. Yeah. And then how about Big John? Big, he got valuable experience last year. Big John, to me, is the perfect example of a guy who knows exactly what his game is and doesn't do anything except his game. Stay in your lane. Yeah. And he brings such great leadership now and energy and attitude, and he holds guys accountable. He's pushing Mike like I've never seen before. Mike knows when he's in, in practice, he has no, no reps off because yeah. they're coming after him. So you got guys with quality minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Davis is my MacGyver, yeah. right, when yes. there's a hole. <laughs> yes. When there's a hole or there's a leak. Yes, that's right. I use the MacGyver reference. I use the Danny Ainge reference. I'm showing my age these days. But he's my MacGyver. I started him in Ohio State. I know. At Ohio State, which we won, by the way. I yeah. didn't know if you know that. I, I think I was a witness. Yeah. He, had, he had five points on back-to-back shots of two and a three. Huge. And they were huge. And we needed them. Yeah. Yeah, we re- needed them. I remember the game. Yeah, so to, to, to be able to plug him in is great. So I really like the versatility of our team. I really love the depth. I think I'm going to have an issue. 
we, we have too many guys, which is exciting to say because now if we have an injury, we have guys to plug in. And when we go to our bench, we're coming off with really good shooters, elite shooters. Somebody can put the ball in the basket. Let's circle back and uh, finish out with Coaches versus Cancers. Coming yeah. up on Thursday night, it's a big fundraiser. And it's it's important for people to get involved, but then have the good time that goes with it. It is an awesome time. It is a, it's a great event. It's open bar. There's only 400 tickets. Let's just keep reminding people yeah. of that. There's yeah. only 400 tickets. Right. So you have an incredible chance to win this car, yeah. which is a beautiful car. Right. I just saw it the other day. I took a video with it the other day. It's a beautiful uh, black Jeep. It's just incredible. It, it's Really beautiful. So you can walk out with that. There's other fun games and prizes. Yeah. The food. Danny Rallis does an incredible <laughs> job. It's so good. I mean, it's kind of weird. The, the the majority of the people hang out by the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it, the congregation's over here. There's a few people over here, but they're hanging out by the kitchen because yeah. they want that lobster on the way out or they yeah. want that great filet on the way out. But, it, but it's the community, and everybody enjoys each other's company. We can have some good laughs, a lot of fun. So come out. Enjoy a great night. We'll be there. My staff will be there. Steve will be there. Um, a lot of super terrific people. And it's a great, amazing cause. We, we've already raised $3.5 million. And think about that. $3.5 million in this community. The generosity is just through the roof. It's all Let's been, do it one more night. And it's all been funneled in the right direction. 100%. And that's the big part of it. You have a business trip you have to make. We'll leave it at that. It's Thank a you. business trip. Thank you. So I'll let you get to the plug away here. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Thanks for having me on, guys. Penn State basketball coach Patrick Chambers. Again, the reverse drawing tonight, Medler Field, Lebron Park. Somebody's going to win a car, but the beneficiary will be the Bestwick Foundation and Coaches versus Cancer. And there's no overhead when it comes to the Bestwick Foundation. Every dime they get is given out. And ask for better than that when it comes to a charity. And then basketball-wise, back to work in earnest next week. The training camp getting underway. And, of course, the opener will be against North Florida, Friday night, November 9th, in the Jordan Center. Coming up, we'll revisit with Tim Brando, later Brian Barnhart of Illinois, and Neil Kulon, USA Today, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. There are just certain individuals that the second I hear their voice, I think to myself, it's got to be a big game. Tim Brando's one of those guys. Tim, it is great to have you with us. It was great to see you Saturday. Thanks, Steve. And, uh, Trust me, uh, as much as I 
appreciate that comment from you. Uh, were it not for guys like you um, and so many other iconic voices uh, that cover the teams on a regular basis, uh, we wouldn't be armed with nearly the information that we need. So thanks for being so hospitable throughout your entire career. I haven't had the chance to you know, catch catch the Nittany Lions in football in quite some time, but uh, you've always been... Um, You've always been wonderful, and uh, I was just a sponge to your information packet when you came by to see me during the, uh, the pregame the other day. It was great. I loved being back in um, Happy Valley. It's, um, it's, been a, it's been a long time, and frankly, it's one of the really cool things about what I'm doing now at Fox because of all my years uh, at CBS and uh, we really being a carrier for the bulk of those years, uh, just the SEC, we had the Big East before it broke up into two conferences with the American Athletic Conference. So we had that for a few years in the late 90s, early 2000s. But by and large, uh, I've not really been outside the South too much during football season in the last 20-some years. So it's really great to be back out and, and visiting places like Michigan this week and Penn State, obviously, last week. And Iowa, I'd never been to Iowa in my career to call a football game. So... Uh, it's cool, you know, especially at this stage of my life. It's really cool to experience first in, in broadcasting because uh, there aren't many of those left in my <laughs> in my future. I've been to a, a lot of different spots. I think every yeah. state in the continental United States I've uh, I've been to, but uh, uh, it's it's a blessing to get to do this at this time in my career. Well, you know what, though? I mean, look, obviously you were terrific in the studio, so there's no – and the fact you were hooked up with Spencer Tillman worked really well. But you were made to do play-by-play. You and I both know that. I mean, that's – I could tell your juices flow because there's a game in front of you. Yeah, listen, uh, I had a wonderful run at CBS. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it ended It ended rather abruptly. It really had nothing to do with uh, – my work in the studio or, or, or my play-by-play either it had more to do with a, uh, a radio show that was being simulcasted uh, uh, that was on CBS Sports Network for a period, and uh, we just came to um, irreconcilable differences over the way that it ended, and honestly, uh, for a period there, I didn't know what was going to happen uh, with my career. I was a free agent for about nine months, and I think there was a lot of uh, anticipation that maybe I'd be going to the SEC network. That's never really what I wanted. Uh, Fox was really always what I wanted because I knew they had games. They had inventory and uh, quite a bit of it. And they wanted to grow their college properties. Uh, they wanted to uh, be a factor in college sports. And with that knowledge, um, I was very hopeful that it could work out that I could wind up. If I, at that time, Vern was still you know, going at it, and want, and I didn't see a finish line for him. I, I didn't. Uh, I thought that he would probably continue doing it, even you know through this year, and uh, and he and as he should because he's had a wonderful career. And you talk about iconic voices; certainly, he is one and someone I always looked up to. Well, with that in mind, I'm not getting any younger. You know, I'm 58 at that time, and I want uh, to get back on that bike fast. Uh, they allowed me to do some SEC play-by-play in football when we had double headers, and they would allow another guy to come in and host. But that wasn't enough for me. You know, I really wanted to, to get back out there. And I hear this from people all the time. Gosh, you sound so happy. You sound so energized. <laughs> and the answer to that is I am. You know, I sound yeah. that way because I am. Because throughout my career, and uh, it's it's been both a blessing and a curse, um, when you have made your name in so many respects as a studio host, it can work against you 
long term when when you're chomping at the bit to get out to to call college football games and I just never did a full schedule of games with the exception of my first year away from college game day back in 89 when Vince Dooley and I were paired together uh, at ESPN and that year of course we did Penn State West Virginia at uh, at Happy Valley and then uh, we had Coach Paterno's team in the Holiday Bowl in that epic matchup with BYU, <laughs> yes. uh, fifty to thirty-nine, when Gary Brown literally stole the ball out of the hands of Ty Detmer, <laughs> took it back the other way. That kid, he threw for a record number of yards in a single game. You could just tell Joe was that was the most sickening championship bowl victory I think he's ever had <laughs> to, to see that much offense in one in one game. But uh, that was the only year that I did football every week. Uh, and so that's a long time between 1989 and 2014 when I joined uh, the Fox crew. So that's the reason for the energy and the happiness. I, I'm as excited now about what I do as uh, I was when I was uh, 29 years old and I started at ESPN in 1985. So um, it, it is like a rebirth, you know, and that's kind of what our industry is, is uh, you do have to survive over time and occasionally reinvent yourself. And um, I think that's sort of what happened. It, it shocked a number of people when I left uh, the SEC. I think a lot of people thought that's where I was going to be and that's where I, I wanted to stay. And the truth of the matter is I didn't. I, I, I wanted to break out and, and experience uh, college football in other places. And with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and now the Big 10, I'm certainly getting to do that at Fox. Well, I know it's only one exposure, but you would obviously, you'd talk to the coaches, you looked at some video and so forth. What did you think of Penn State, and in particular, what did you think of Trace McSorley? Well, I mean, I think um, I'm getting a lot of pushback from Oklahoma fans uh, on, on Twitter because of my uh, my digital leap and, and saying he's this year's Baker Mayfield. I think you may have seen that. Um, yeah. Folks at Fox Digital asked me to do... Uh, a commentary each week for about 60 seconds uh, talk about whatever you really want to talk about at the end of the game and so um, being at Penn State for the first time in such a long period and then understanding where they are in the landscape of the Big Ten this year uh, fans have a way especially after week one of really putting too much stock in what they witness and I think that was to the detriment of the image of Penn State after the game with App State and those of us that have been around long enough uh, know that Appalachian State's a pretty good team. They've got some history, right. just ask Michigan. And <laughs> and um, there's a lot of newbies around Grant, uh, around Trace McSorley. And when you've got that many new guys uh, to, to replace, and especially uh, the running back situation by committee behind Saquon, and now I think the feature back really does appear to be Miles Sanders, but all these other guys, Slade and Allen, are getting their time. Uh, Gasicki being gone. Now you got to find a new tight end. You got really three of them. Only two played last week. I just, I just loved uh, what I saw. And now, granted, uh, you know that's not the t- toughest competition you're going to play. Uh, you'll have, I think, a more game opponent on the road at Illinois on Friday. Uh, yeah. But I think the timing of the scheduling here, and also the placement of teams, is right in Penn State's wheelhouse. Now. You know, you get Ohio State on a whiteout game with an extra day to prepare after you play Illinois, and, and I know if, if, if James is listening, he's throwing stuff at his radio right now but uh, <laughs> because all his focus is on Illinois. But to me, uh, you win that game, you will change 
by 180 degrees the national perception of of where your program is. And I think even football insiders, people within the league, uh, know that depth-wise, in terms of overall talent, uh, no team is hardwired better to beat Ohio State at home than, than Penn State. You're just young. You're not as experienced as they are, but you're every bit as deep. Uh, their first 22 are probably better than your first 22. But, you know, all things are negligible when you bring the home field involved and prime time and all that comes with uh, that matchup. I, Trace right now is having to do more than he had to do a year ago. I think he is up to that. Uh, his stats, and this was most of the pushback, as you know, these loons on Twitter just look at numbers and stats. <laughs> and and he's had I don't know how many drops. He had a ton the other day in the game we had, and he had even more in the game in the wet with uh, uh, with Pitt at uh, Heinz Field. So his stats don't really live up to where he is right now as a quarterback uh, in college football. I think over time those stats will be more compelling. Uh, and if they are to get there, if they are to pull it off the way I think they can and become a college football playoff team, he clearly is going to be the reason why. So I, I love I love what I see. And defensively, uh, I think, you know, with, with Gibbons back in the lineup and what you're getting off the edges from Los Matos and Sharif Miller, um, that's, that's the strength of what you're doing right now. And uh, the young linebackers are coming along nicely. Um, uh, I, th- I think that the, the, the Penn State future immediately is bright and long-term brighter. The one thing you can see in, in games such as these, no matter what, who the opponent is, you can see athleticism. Do you see a Penn State team that is competing athlete for athlete? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the point. Uh, you know, if you look at um, e- even if Wisconsin had won last week, Right. Uh, and the fact that they lost was obviously bad for the Big Ten. It was a bad weekend for the Big Ten. Horrible. You know, Maryland losing to Temple, uh, Wisconsin losing to BYU, Northwestern losing to the fighting Terry Bowdens of Akron. God, if I just had that <laughs> Nebraska-Akron game now to open the season, right? If we had just All had right. that game instead of uh, a touchback and then lightning and we didn't get to play the game. It, it's And Nebraska's two losses, by the way, are against pretty good teams without their quarterback and playing a walk-on out there. So, uh, And by the way, I'll just give you a little scoop. I do think Martinez is going to go. Uh, they're saying it's game-time decision, but I think Martinez will go at Michigan on Saturday, and that could be a hell of a game. And a lot Yeah, of I, I agree, and, I, and I, I'm with you, Tim. That. Yeah, Jack Cam yeah, and I, I mean, watched a little a bit of, of the game. Colorado game with Martinez out there. He is a yep. big difference maker for them. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and he's got to carry that team right now, but yeah. But but it was a bad week for the Big Ten. and uh, But even if Wisconsin had won, and let's say Iowa continues to win, let, let's say they beat Wisconsin this week, okay, there are limitations to what these teams can do uh, athletically, uh, especially in trying to match up uh, with Ohio State. That's not true with Penn State. You know, you got the same kind of dudes they got. The only difference is your dudes haven't played as much. So... I think that's what um, makes me feel so positively that Penn State's in a really good position. I'm not saying it's a must-win, but I say you can win that game. I don't know that I would say that uh, in week five of the season about any other Big Ten team against Ohio State right now, other than Penn State. Uh, And this goes back to just um, the job done from a recruiting standpoint, 
in, in Pennsylvania, back to northern Jersey. You know, you just have that look uh, about what great Penn State teams uh, in the past looked like. And now you're even quicker because of the style of offense and the RPOs that have been installed uh, by James and, and his able staff. Um, I, I really think um, when I look at a guy like uh, Ricky Ronnie's taken over for Moorhead, so much of what was good about what Moorhead did is still there, but Ronnie's got some of his own little, you know, being an old Cornell quarterback, he's got some you know, little twists and turns of his own that he's instituted. And, uh, you know, I think it's a refreshing offense to look at right now. And the deep shots, you know, those early deep shots that they're willing to take uh, right. will be exactly what you have to do to loosen up the Buckeyes defensively. And, look, Ohio State without a couple of turnovers late doesn't beat TCU. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you were watching that game as closely as I was, but oh yeah, it, it talk about a bad week. Can you imagine if Ohio State had lost last week? Oh, <laughs> that had to yeah. send a search party out for Jim Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the, you talked about the joy of doing this, which is apparent. Anybody can hear that. How much the, the first? It's the first time I had a chance to meet Spencer. So I had not met him until mm-hmm. then, and you were kind enough to introduce me to him. Uh, Tim, what's it been like to, in t- part of that joy, the fact you're working with him side by side? Well, he's the best friend uh, that I have uh, in my life as well as my profession. And it's not often in our, our business you, you're able to say that about somebody you work with. Uh, we've been together since 98 when he joined the studio at CBS after – uh, Craig James went to the NFL show, and Lou Holtz took the South Carolina job. Uh, Spencer had been working. Talk about investing in his career. He was from, still does live, his family in Sugarland, Texas, right outside Houston. But to get his career started, he went to WABC in New York to anchor on weekends and was commuting back and forth between Houston and, and New York. And wow. uh, CBS hired him from there to join me in the studio. And uh, he's just a remarkable guy, great man of faith, um, compassionate. He has uh, four daughters. I have two daughters. They're really good friends. They all met when we were together on Thanksgiving weekends uh, during college football in the old days at CBS. And uh, when I left in uh, uh, suddenly in 2014, uh, Spencer just had a year left on his deal, and um, – we were we were having a shakeup because um, uh, Donovan McNabb was being replaced by Charles Davis on from our college football. He'd been working with Gus, so Joel Klatt was going to move up and work with with Gus. And uh, I had just broken in uh, Brady Quinn that first year. That was the first year Spencer and I had been away from one another, and so they were looking for another analyst. And uh, I've been in this business, uh, like I said, thirty. This is my thirty fourth year on network television. And no one's ever asked me my opinion, Steve. You know how that goes. Right? I we know perform. how that goes, yep. Management tells us, yeah. <laughs> but this actually happened. Fox's uh, suits came to me, and they said, Tim, do uh, you have anybody in mind? Would you, if, if we said, it, who would you like to have? And I said, well, I, I know this guy uh, that I've been with at CBS for um, the last 16 years of my 18 there. I said, um, his contract's coming up. You might make a run at Spencer Tillman. Lo and behold, they did it. Now think about that. That's that just doesn't happen. And no. uh, and it did. It did. And they 
they they looked reached out to him and he came and 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 uh, like me he wanted out of the studio too he he desperately wanted to go out and do games he does Houston Texans preseason games uh, in uh, in Houston keeps so he keeps up with both the NFL and college and and uh, it's wonderful my oldest daughter Tiffany who's thirty five she would have been about thirteen years old when she met uh, Spencer and uh, fell in love with him uh, called him Uncle Spence and. She was so moved by her relationship with him. When she married, she and her husband named their son, who's now 15 months old, Spencer, after wow. you know who. So, wow. which brought him, which brought him to tears, and yeah. uh, and I'm and I gave him a, a little bit of a hard time. I said, so, I said, so there, there was never Tim was never considered. I mean, <laughs> you never even considered going with your dad, <laughs> which you'll hold over my head, you know, big time. But, but but that's how close we are. I've only had one friend in our industry that uh, I had a relationship with that was as close to mine with uh, Spencer, and that was John Saunders, who yeah. uh, unfortunately passed away uh, a little over two years ago. Uh, my colleague and friend from uh, ABC and ESPN. We started at ESPN the same week. In fact, we were on the same press release uh, when I moved up to Connecticut to do Sports Center and host College Game Day back in '86. Uh, uh, I mean, Spencer's a guy that knows all my foibles. I know his. Uh, he's he's a friend that's so close that if there's an issue, uh, whether it's with with me or with someone else, he's going to give me the heads up. Hey, man, you need to be more aware of this or that. You know, good friends will not only tell you how much they love you, but they'll prove it by telling you where you need to get in line. You know, we all have yeah. blind spots. Right. And we're that kind of we're that, that that it's that kind of friendship between the two of us, and so uh, that means a lot, um, and and makes the job really not a job, you know. Just looking to get together with my guys every week. All those guys you met in the booth are dear friends of mine, and uh, we have a three day uh, football party each week. That's kind of the way we look at it. Well, we could do this probably for the next like couple of hours here because when we were in the booth on Saturday. <laughs> We we talked Sam Licklider stories, Penn State because yeah. we're two of the survivors of the Penn State Indiana game. We we oh, I mean God. poor Barry Parkill. Oh God, uh, Bruce, Bruce Parkill, Barry Parkill. Every time I see Barry at Virginia talking about his brother, it's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we we survived that. So that came up. We didn't quite get into the into the um, into uh, the tornado at the Georgia Dome. You got through. We didn't get to get to that part. There's, <laughs> that's <Man. why. laughs> well, when I well, trust me when I tell you, uh, I am going to write a book uh, as soon as I, have, you know, finally uh, make sure that I get the right guy to help me because I have way too many run-on sentences to actually do it by myself. <laughs> uh, but once I do. Uh, that game, uh, that that game definitely gets a portion of a chapter. You know, the Penn yeah. State Indiana game. Uh, yeah. Raft and I always talk about that, and uh, and and the tornado. That's a chapter. You know, the, the, the yeah, 2008 was... SEC uh, tournament, uh, the Miracle Three uh, between Alabama and Mississippi. That's and there's several of them out there. I, you know, who knew? Uh, last year, right in right out of the. Right out of the shoot, I'm doing basketball at Fox, and we've got that outside the line story on Nasser at Michigan State going on, just as yeah. I'm about to do Izzo's team against Wisconsin. You talk, yep. now that's a chapter as well. Let me tell you, um, 
So but, but yeah, there's and, an old and, story. And, uh, and Penn State was the next team in right after yeah, Wisconsin. that's right. I, I yeah, was right behind and, uh, you. The old, uh, the, the old cowboy and my mentor as a broadcaster, Kurt Gowdy, who really yep. helped me a lot along the way as I was coming up. Um, and, I, and I named my little brother, Kurt, after uh, Gowdy, and he, he knew that before he passed away. Um, I remember Kurt saying to me, Kid, he said, Kid, remember, uh, when you call in live sports, they, they don't pay you for what you do. They pay you for what you might have to do. And, <laughs> that's right. You know, that's so true. You know, when you're doing a live event, you can't control the elements. You don't know what's going to happen. And circumstances surrounding uh, the game and the game's environment can change. Uh, we had a, a Spencer and I, in our first year together, had a game at uh, Oklahoma State where some whacked-out lady decided to drive a car and kill three people during a homecoming yeah, parade. I remember. And uh, and so Spencer and I had to get to the to get to the stadium. We had to walk over body bags. Now oh. think about opening your show with a eulogy. I mean, with a with a with an obituary. Uh, yeah. That that the tone that you have to set when that goes on. You know, there's no there's no manual on how you do that. You just have to do it. You know, you just have to find a way to do it. But again, Steve, that's one of the great things about what we do are the experiences that we go through and how we handle them. And uh, I tell young broadcasters all the time, that's the big key is just be willing to adjust. Don't get too, you know, remember that no matter what you're thinking the game's about, sometimes things go on that are bigger than the game, and you got to be mindful of that. Well, Tim, any time I consider, any time I get to spend any time with you or talk with you, I consider it a privilege. So, thanks so much, my friend, for just giving us a few minutes today. I really appreciated it. Happy to do it. You guys have a good time Friday, and I hope that we can get back there. And as I said, I, I really believe in this team. I, I picked them to be in the playoffs. I told Franklin this, by the way. I mean, he knows. So, <laughs> you know what you know what his response was, by the way. You know what James said to me after I told him. He said, "My that? focus is on Illinois." <laughs> yeah, I, I, my focus is on Illinois. <laughs> said, Illinois, I Illinois, said, Illinois, oh, oh, Illinois. Gee, I, that, that wasn't a predictable response. Thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! You Thanks, Tim. Good luck with the next one. I look, I look forward to seeing you soon. I hope. You got it, buddy. Anytime. Tim Brando, Fox Sports. Next half hour, Brian Barnhart, the play-by-play voice of Illinois football and basketball. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.